All right, it is the Fast Act Sports Show back at it again. I am your host, Jared Fats Fatel, and my usual co-host, Yo-Yo Ball, uh, unfortunately has taken his talents to South Beach. Uh, no, really. His uh, job has started to take up a little too much uh, of his time. He's been promoted a couple times. Kudos to Yo-Yo Ball. And it's kind of made the Fast X side gig uh, take a back seat uh, for the foreseeable future and potentially forever. Uh, but there's no hard feelings uh, between us. He gave us years of quality content and laughs that will not soon be forgotten. Uh, a few of the ones that pop off right at the top of my head is the workouts we had with Pistol Pete, the eating challenges we did in the past, and then just the 140, I went through and counted them all, 140 podcasts that me and Balls did together, as well as the 20 podcasts he did solo, and many of those were two, three-hour podcasts as well. So he spent a lot of time helping build what FastX is today and what I hope to kind of continue to grow along with Scrambled Legs and the rest of the Fast X crew here, Fast X Klaus, to see what we can turn this into. Uh, But from now on, this show is pretty much just going to be a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 30-minute podcast that is going to follow the same sort of setup as a Colin Cowherd show that he's had in the past or just your typical radio talk show. It's going to be me by myself for the most part with occasional guests here or there to help give their opinions. But today's pod is a loaded one Uh, right off the rip. It's basically just college football playoff. Everything that we need to know about it, it's the idea of expanding the playoff. It's Dabo Sweeney biting his tongue. It's Jim Harbaugh's potential extension and much, much more. But it's all in the college football realm today. That's what I'm going to try to do is keep it kind of longer form, uh, focused on specific subjects that I feel like I don't have enough time to talk about whether it's on three-point podcast or in other ways of communication, whereas this show is just me, unfiltered, 100% my thoughts. So if you hate me, uh, you give it a shot. Maybe you'll hate listening to this show. Uh, if you like me, then this pod should be for you. So we'll see. Uh, but we'll be right back with all that and more after this quick break. Yeah. Sometimes we laugh and sometimes we cry, but I guess you know now. Baby. All right, so where I want to start is here. Everyone, everyone wants to shit on Notre Dame for their performance both this year against Alabama and basically every single time they've been in a big game that's in the college football playoff. They get blown out every single time. But... The simple fact is, and the simple truth is this, is that it's not a Notre Dame problem. People, I love it when people point and say, oh, no, Texas A&M would have been the better team, or Oklahoma. No, 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 no. This is a college football system problem. It is the fact that whoever would have been that fourth team was going to get blown out. It's the fact that every single year the college football playoff has been in existence it's been a blowout at least one of the games like look at this past i mean last year number one lsu versus number four oklahoma 63 to 28 just an absolute embarrassment the championship was even somewhat of a blowout 42 to 25 lsu beat clemson year before that clemson 30 notre dame three year before and even the other game on that year alabama 45 oklahoma 34 that game was not as close as it seems that was the kyler murray game Take it back another year before that. Uh, semifinal, Alabama 24, Clemson 6. Year before that, Alabama 24, Washington 7. The other game that year, the Fiesta Bowl, Clemson 31, Ohio State 0. Year before that, Clemson 37, Oklahoma 17, Alabama 38. And we all remember this one, Shalee Calhoun, see ya, 38-0. to zero. Before that, it's Oregon 59, Florida State 20. Every single year, it's a blowout. And then the championship game that year, Ohio State 42, Oregon 20. 
We cannot fill out four good teams in a college football playoff. We can't. We can't do it. Bama and Clemson are just so head and shoulders above pretty much everyone else in the entire country that it, it, we're never going to have parity as long as that is the case. And people are acting like, oh, expanding the college football playoff. Oh, it's going to it's going to level the recruiting grounds. Ever just the the potential. Of to make the college football playoff is what draws recruits. No, it's not. You know what draws recruits? Watching Alabama, Najee Harris hurdle a guy and sprint 40 yards. And the fact that Alabama's wide receiver, you, what brings in recruits is the fact that we have guys like Donovan Peoples Jones, and this is just Michigan as one example. Donovan Peoples Jones, number one wide receiver in the country coming out of high school, goes to Michigan, has just the definition of a lackluster career. But then you have guys like Devontae Smith, uh, Jerry Judy, who are all in that same exact class who go to Alabama, and they're winning Heismans. It's not so simple as, oh, if everyone has a chance to play off, they're, then all the recruits are going to go everywhere other than just Alabama, Clemson, and the occasional team here or there like LSU or Ohio State that can beat those teams. Nothing is going to change. And even if you think it might, within the first three years where this college football expanded to eight, it's still going to have the parity that it has now. And those teams are going to get blown out. You think people want to recruit to Notre Dame, that people want to go to Notre Dame after watching what just happened to them? Do you honestly think that? And I love how the people out there act like we're doing them some huge favor. Like the teams like Coastal Carolina and UCFs of the past by doing them a huge favor by putting them in the college playoff. No, you don't want that. You do not want that. You All you're going to end up being is Notre Dame. You're going to be the team that's embarrassed on national television in front of everybody. That's all that's going to happen to you. I want everyone that's listening right now to close their eyes. All right, I'm going to put you through a quick little brain experiment. Act like you're a Notre Dame player on the sideline. First quarter, you're down 7-0 to Alabama. It's starting to get away from you. And then all of a sudden, you see your star corner get hurtled by their running back, and then he takes off for another 40 yards. This is right in front of Notre Dame's sideline. Close your eyes. Imagine you're the guy on the Notre Dame sideline. All right, now let's act like I can press the pause button on that game, and I can either have you swap spots with Texas A&M, who played a okay North Carolina team in a BCS game, and where they won that BCS game, and they end their season on a high note, and they win, and they're building forward to next year. Do you think that Notre Dame players... And honestly, do you think they'd rather have the, oh, we made it to the college football playoff on their head and we lost to Alabama by 40 and got embarrassed by uh, on national TV in front of the entire country and the entire world? Or would you rather be Texas A&M, who just misses out, blow, beats North Carolina in a bowl game, or in Oklahoma, who just misses out and dominates their bowl game and goes forward? You're insane if you would rather just get blown out by Alabama. That's like deciding to, to go, like, just going to your own funeral. It's It's crazy. You're digging your own grave. It, you, no one wants that. So stop with the acting like these teams are getting shafted. Stop acting like Coastal Carolina, who's losing to Liberty in bowl games, or Cincinnati, who's losing to a shitty Georgia team in bowl games and blowing it in the, in the second half. Don't act like we're doing them some huge favor by – don't act like we're not doing them a huge favor by not putting them in the couch while playoff. That's exactly what we're doing. Back to the Alabama and Notre Dame game for a quick second. I know it's fun to shit on Notre Dame, as I mentioned at the top of the poll, at the top of the pod. But this is not just a Notre Dame problem. I mean, let's just look at the simple facts here. Twenty-two five stars are on Alabama's roster compared to Notre Dame. Uh, to put this in the like more just stuff that you can actually see on the field, Notre Dame's top receiver is a grad transfer from Northwestern white guy Ben Skoronek. 
So let's just top receiver versus top receiver. Alabama's is Devontae Smith. Before that, they had Jalen Waddle. Like it's just like you're just it's just, it's just not even the same game. It's a JV versus varsity team. I know that that's an overused saying, but that's literally what this is. And everyone wants to point to oh, expanding the playoff or we got to do this uh, conference only schedules, this and that, and make the make less bowl games. No, nothing is going to fix college football other than one thing, and that is Nick Saban retiring. That's it. That's the only way, because then you get a little more parity in the SEC. I think Clemson's a little bit of a flash in the pan. They're here to stay for now. But as we saw this year, even with potentially the number one quarterback in the last five, six, seven, eight years of college football, they still are losing to Ohio State by 30. So I, uh, I'm not. don't put Clemson in that same category as Alabama just yet. As long as Alabama is dominating the way they are, the only other team that recruits are going to go to is Clemson. We need Saban out. And we need to hope that a guy like Steve Sarkeesian or something takes over for him. One last comment on the Notre Dame and Bama game that kind of bothered me. Brian Kelly in the post game says uh, basically the reason they lost, instead of taking really any credit for himself on why they lost, that maybe this team was not prepared, is the fact that, quote unquote, they need more firepower, plain and simple. Oh, this is literally the same exact guy who had Chase Claypool last year, who literally stepped into the Pittsburgh Steelers offense and, and is like a all Pro Bowl wide receiver. And they have had a Will Fuller in the past. And they have stud tight end or stud tight end every single year at Notre Dame. And they have the best offensive line in the country from what I've told. What I've been told, there's no way. Just a quick side note. If you think that you like are such a football savant that you can tell which offensive lines are the best and which ones are the worst without simply like just from what like the talking heads on ESPN or other places tell you, you're crazy. You're just absolutely crazy. Unless it's a team like Ohio State who's rushing for 300 yards and everybody, there's no way for you to know which offensive lines are the best. And I challenge you to do this. Try to watch an NFL offensive lineman for like three or four plays in a row. You can't do it. It's the most boring thing in the world. So that's why I let the guys like Mike Golick, Mike Golick Jr., they can tell me who the best offensive lines are in the country, and I'll just go off of that. Anyway, back to Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly, you're at Notre Dame, dude. The only reason you, why you don't, don't you have the firepower? It's because you... Plain and simple. It's not your, it's not your players. It's not Ben Skaronek's fault. It's not Ian Book's fault. It's your fault. Either you're not bringing in recruits, or two, you're not. When this is what I think it is, you're not maximizing the guys you do have. Chase Claypool. I hardly knew who he was at Notre Dame. He goes to Pittsburgh and he's like the superstar rookie of the of the year. Him and Justin Jefferson as these wideouts. I'd never heard of the guy before. That is a Brian Kelly problem through and through. Moving on to why potentially expanding the playoff is a bad thing. That it seems good on. Let me. I understand. I understand all the arguments you might have. Yes, it seems good on paper. You have more bowl. Everyone loves the college football playoff. You now just have even more college football playoff games, right? Sounds good. Two. It seems like recruits would probably be more willing to go to a place like Michigan, Texas, Oklahoma, when it is a little bit more parity. When everyone gets into the playoff, everyone has a shot to play under those bright lights. But here's the thing you lose when you do that. Not only does expanding the playoff ruin the regular season, which is the best regular season of any sport. You're telling me there's any other sport that you feel like you need to watch every single Saturday. Every single Saturday matters. That's what the college ball slogan is. Every Saturday matters. That changes when eight teams get in the playoff. Guess what? Bama versus LSU last year, Tua versus Joe Burrow. That game really doesn't have any consequences at all. Both teams make the playoff. Both teams are probably going to play each other again in the championship. It doesn't. It didn't even matter. The game wouldn't have even mattered. Michigan versus Notre Dame, the last couple opening weekends. That game does not matter anymore. 
because whether whoever wins or loses, you're probably still going to be able to lose two, maybe even three games, and you're still going to have a shot at making the playoff. Expanding the playoff doesn't help us at all because guess what? You're still going to have these blowouts. You're going to have, instead of a Clemson versus Ohio State matchup in the, in the semifinal round, you're now going to have this these quarterfinal games, which is Clemson versus Coastal Carolina, Alabama versus Cincinnati, um, Ohio State versus, you know, I don't even know, Northwestern. You're going to have these games that are not that good of games. And it's going to ruin what what is already a perfect college football season. Four is the perfect number as long as Clemson and Alabama are dominating the way they are. Expanding it is not going to help any way whatsoever. But what you do do is if you expand the playoff, you're not only not going to fix the Clemson-Alabama problem, you are going to ruin what is currently the best thing about college football, which is the fact that I'm watching it every single Saturday rain or snow or shine and so is the rest of the country because you know that if alabama loses gets upset by an old miss they are probably not going to make the championship if alabama loses to an auburn at the end of the year they're not going to go to the college football playoff all these things matter and they are going to be gone as soon as you get rid of that so like i said there is no way to fix this gap unless nick saban retires and if coaches like urban meyer matt campbell joe brady and all these other hot names who in the past or are potentially looking to leave don't leave for the NFL. They have to stay in college, and they have to continue to build their programs the same way that Nick Saban has. It's not like Alabama was good very first year he took over. No, it took a couple years. Then they've just, they haven't looked back since. You need to build that sort of thing. Ryan Day can't be leaving Ohio State anytime soon. He's got to be there for the next 15 to 20 years if he wants to be able to compete against Alabama year in and year out. And if we don't want to see Alabama versus Clemson, which I don't know about you guys, I'm so happy we didn't get it this year because I am totally fatigued from that game. Moving on. The Clemson versus Ohio State game won. What a game. I know it wasn't close, but... Just the overall entertainment factor, Justin Fields getting injured, the hard-hitting, Trey Sermon dominating. It was just the best college football game we have seen all year. Don't try to tell me that Indiana versus Penn State or Coastal Carolina versus BYU is a better game than this. No. I don't care whether it was close or not. This was the most entertaining game that we saw this year. And you know why? Because Dabble Sweeney went down. I... Among others, I think a lot of people, he has, it's crazy to me the trajectory that Dabble Sweeney has gone on. I remember years ago, very first college football playoff that they were in, when he told the team, like, get your guts up after the game. And I remember thinking, I love this guy. This was Deshaun Watson's, like, first kind of breakout year. This is when Clemson first burst onto the scene. Fast forward three or four years, this guy is the most scrutinized coach in the entire country. And it's, it's for good reason. It's what I like to call the Steph Curry effect. If all Steph Curry did was hit three pointers and smile and, you know, like just kind of do like a Clay Thompson type role, I'd have zero problems with the guy. He'd be probably my favorite player in the league because watching him when he's going off 62 the other night, there's nothing better. But the thing that makes me hate Steph Curry and the thing that makes me hate Dabo Sweeney is stuff that's off the field. It's Steph Curry's wife during the NBA Finals in 2016 tweeting out how the NBA is rigged, despite her husband winning two MVPs in a row. It is him dancing after hitting three-pointers. It's him staring at the bench when the shot's in the middle of the air when they're up by 40. It's the celebrations. It's the constant post-game celebration. It's the pre-game dribbling drills and shooting it from half court and, and making it. It's all that stuff that makes Steph Curry go on the same exact trajectory that Dabble Sweeney has, where he started off as everyone's favorite player, and since then, you look at your timeline, everyone's hating on Steph Curry. 
they can't stand the Warriors. They want the Warriors to, to be in the lottery again this year. If Dabo would follow what Nick Saban does, which is basically just shut up and do your job and criticize your own team as much as you criticize all these other teams, you rank in Ohio State 11, you don't see Nick Saban doing bulletin board material stuff like that because he knows how dumb it is and how much it's going to come back to haunt you. Do you think this is good in the eyes of recruits seeing you ranking teams 11th and then getting your ass kicked by that team? No, it doesn't help anyone. It draws more guys to Ohio State, draws more guys to Alabama where they don't have to deal with that shit. Word of advice, Dabo. Shut the hell up. And then as for like the Trevor Lawrence, I, I don't know about you guys, but maybe it's just me. I wanted to, I've hated. I've never hated a college football team more than this Clemson team. I, it just something about them. Something about the, the everyone acting like Trevor Lawrence was such a activist and outspoken. When literally all he did was tweet out, "quote unquote, we want to play." Like, are you kidding me? The people are comparing him to Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X and all these other activists because he tweeted out, "We want to play." I get it. He's the poster boy. He's the golden child. He's got the hair. Everything. He's a hell of a quarterback. I'm not saying that, but. To sit here and call this guy, like, the next coming of Jesus because he tweeted out, quote-unquote, we want to play, it just it just rubbed me the wrong way. As for everybody that's sitting here acting like Urban Meyer, when he takes over the Jaguars' job, is going to draft Justin Fields because of his performance in the, in the, Rose, or in the Sugar Bowl, you're crazy. Don't overreact. This guy was beating Alabama as a freshman. Justin Fields had one good game in a game that was all the marbles. They had been preparing for it for an entire year. They basically gave Clemson the Michigan treatment, which is prepare for it all year and then just explode on them and on the national spotlight and embarrass them. It's, I believe me, as a Michigan fan, I've seen it years and years in a row. That's all it was. Don't overreact. Take the known commodity that is Trevor Lawrence and go to the playoffs every single year for the next 20 years. That's the thing that the Jacksonville Jaguars and Urban Meyer need to do. Speaking of Ryan Day and Ohio State and Urban Meyer, interesting question uh, from my partner on Three Point Podcast, Matt Burns at Burnsy381, came up on our latest recording of Three Point Podcast. Check that out, by the way. Uh, We talked about a lot of good stuff this past week, including college basketball and a lot of the new shows that are popping up on Netflix lately, such as Kurt Cobra Kai. But anyway, here's what he said, quote-unquote. Do we think Ryan Day is a better coach than Jim Harbaugh or that he simply stepped into a situation at Ohio State that Urban Meyer set him up where damn near no one could fail? Right off the rip, there's no way to argue that Ryan Day is not a better coach than Jim Harbaugh. He simply is just the better coach. Look at the track record. He came in for Urban Meyer. And I love this quote the most from Carl Sagasser, uh, who commented on it. He says, for a guy who had, he says, excuse me, Ryan Day is superior. When Meyer left, it was Harbaugh's chance to close the gap. Instead, it winded. He does more with his talent, and he has been really impressive. It, it, it's simple as that. When Urban Meyer left, take a look at other, other colleges, for example. When Urban Meyer left Florida, what happened? They went immediately downhill. All these scandals, everything. It was basically thug you. Now look at Ohio State now. Urban Meyer leaves, and Ryan Day beats Michigan by more than they have in the past. Ryan Day uh, is winning, uh, beating Clemson. Ryan Day is in the cultural playoff two years in a row. He has taken Urban Meyer's keys and just absolutely ran with it. There's a reason 
that that there was basically no coaching search. There's a reason that Urban Meyer put his basically his own name on Ryan Day and said this guy is going to lead you guys probably further than I ever could. And that's exactly what Ryan Day has done. Jim Harbaugh, on the other hand, he has basically taken a program where his best years were with previous recruits from an old regime that everyone shits on, Brady Hoke. Those were his best seasons, whereas Harbaugh's first two years when he had the Brady Hoke guys. Since then, he has slowly gone way downhill. Now, people like to point to the, oh, 2016, that was a bad call, this and that. Well, is he building a program, or did he just put together one decent team that literally lost the B- the BCS game a few weeks later to Florida State and put all their pennies on just one call? Because as soon as that happened, this program didn't take any steps forward after that season. We were getting top recruits then, Rashawn Gary, number one recruit in the country at the time, and we're not doing that anymore. Ryan Day is the superior coach to Jim Harbaugh. He is young. He has like all the momentum in the world going for him right now. Jim Harbaugh is the complete opposite. I know Jim Harbaugh's track record. I know what he did at Stanford. I know what he did in the NFL. The game has changed. It's not 2010 anymore. And it seems like Jim Harbaugh just can't really get it going at Michigan. It's not like Ohio State has just uh, is like so much better of a program. It shouldn't be that way. The gap should not be as large as it is right now. Yes, Urban Meyer left it in a better, in a really good spot with with Justin Fields and all these the stacked cupboard. I get that, but you can tell a good coach when you see one. And it's not like Clemson didn't have a stack cupboard. He's beating Clemson. He's blowing out Clemson. He's in the college football playoff years a year, and he's going to be on top of the Big Ten as long as he is coaching there for the foreseeable future without any really competition trying to take him down. So what happened to Jim Harbaugh? He was an absolute home run hire at the time. And if you remember, in the years past, Harbaugh had always been very outspoken. He'd always been a bit of a hot rod hothead on the sidelines and was you know smacking players giving players high fives taking shirts off at camps there was a new story about jim harbaugh doing something crazy every time you check twitter every time you check facebook every time you check ASPN. what happened from what i've heard and from what i've gathered doing a little bit of research it's the administration that is to blame it's the it's the boosters it's the people who don't really know anything about football as a young kid i loved jim harbaugh at michigan when i was 15 when he signed it was the happiest day of my life I love the guy. I thought we were getting the guy that we saw in those first couple years where he would get flagged by the refs all the time, where he had the guy following him around, the little kid following him around with the cord, making sure that he could run up and down the sidelines whenever he wants. I don't even think that kid has a job anymore. Probably could put, on, put out a local ad in the paper for the, the, the hold bad guy for Jim Harbaugh, and he's probably at McDonald's. Because the Harbaugh that we came to know and love is no longer there. He got what I like to call the neuter treatment. The administration, the boosters, every time one of his escapades ended up on Twitter, and people said, oh, look at Jim Harbaugh, he's going crazy, he's losing his mind, they took a little slip, they took a snip, they probably said something to him like, hey, you got to stop doing this, you, this is bad for our brand, I don't, you can win other ways, this is football of the past, no, it's not, this is how he coached, this is what he does, this is why he's in Super Bowls, this is why he transformed Stanford, this is why those first couple years, Michigan, he took, right when he took over, Michigan jumped another level up, and we were on college game day, and we were playing in big games against Michigan State, and Ohio State, and all these other teams that in the past five years, past ten years, with Rich Rod before that, we hadn't been in. Then the admin turned what was a bulldog in Jim Harbaugh into a Yorkie. 
with no balls. They neutered him. Ward manual mostly. They clipped him, and then the boosters want to shit on him and say, what happened to this guy? Why do we suck now? It's your own damn fault. It's the fan base's fault. The fans who had a problem with that shit. I never did. But you know there's old geezers out there who probably did. He's not a Michigan man. That's not what Michigan men do. That's not Bullshit Beckler. Really? Bullshit Beckler is grabbing guys' face masks in the locker room. This is who you built your program on is Bullshit Beckler. And then you have a problem with how he's coaching. Because of that, it's no surprise that Jim Harbaugh is not signing his six-year extension. It's been out for two days now. He still hasn't signed it. What do you think he's do? He's doing. He's either shortening it to two years or he's looking at NFL jobs that are begging him to come coach for him. Where he's not going to have Ward Manuel squeezing his balls and taking a pair of scissors to his balls. You wonder why guys like Mac Brown can come in and just completely overturn a North Carolina in two years. It's because he's doing whatever he wants there. He has such a short leash. It's almost better. I think the Harbaugh would almost be better off at a place like that where he's basically the god, the the law, the president, the dictator, everything, where he's everything than he has at Michigan. He's He's got a collar around his neck, and he's got scissors right underneath his balls. Every time he steps out of line, boosters take money, and Ward Manual clip his balls. There's nothing more irritating than looking on Twitter and seeing all the people wondering what happened. That's what happened. Open up your eyes. It, that's definitely what happened. And people who want Harbaugh gone, I was originally potentially a part of this. Then you see the names that are out there. Tom Herman gets fired at Texas. Who do they bring in? The recovering alcoholic Steve Sarkeesian. Now, I'm not making fun of his alcoholism. I'm just saying that's the fact. That's where he's coming from. The guy who never really was successful as a head coach hasn't necessarily blown away people at Alabama. There's a reason it's not like when Lane Kiffin left. It was a big story. No one really cares what Sarkeesian does. He's not Lane Kiffin. He wasn't revitalizing Alabama's offense like Kiffin did back in the 2015-2016 era. No. This is the best that there is out there. And it's sad to say this is not the year that we want to get rid of Harbaugh. Maybe in a couple years when there's more names out there. Maybe a Matt Campbell. But man, oh man. If Steve Sarkeesian is the best to pick from, is that really what we want? I know I don't. Moving on, the last thing I want to touch on today is uh, Tom Rinaldi, who kind of out of nowhere, uh, at least to me anyway, uh, from what I heard from uh, Bernsey381, there was an email sent out to ESPN just a few days before uh, this past Saturday where he basically announced that he was moving on to, to potentially bigger and brighter pastures. Who knows? Rinaldi has been a mainstay on College Game Day since its inception 20 years ago. We've we've heard his stories. We've heard his voice. We've, heard, we've He's brought us to tears. He's made us laugh. He's made us cry. Everything. Gone. 2020 just had to give one little last twist of the knife uh, before we moved on. And what's sad about it is we never really take, we always take for granted the things that were there before. Uh, we think they're always going to be there. Like Lee Corso, always being able to put on the head headgear, always you know being fully 100% there mentally. Uh, Tom Rinaldi, just being a, a factor on college game day. Kirk Herbstreit, Desmond Howard, all these guys, we took it for granted. Because in 2019, that was the last time we were going to see College Game Day the way that it was, when the way that we were going to remember it uh, when we were old and gray, which is Tom Rinaldi, which is Lee Corso at his best, which is Kirk Herbstreit, Desmond Howard, David Pollock, all those guys. Rinaldi's gone. Before we know it, who knows who might be gone next. But without Rinaldi there, uh, I wish him the best, You know whether he goes to Fox or 
Uh, I've heard rumblings that he's going to ABC or places like that so he can cover the World Cup and NFL potentially. If he's gone, uh, salute to you. You are one of a kind, truly, with your storytelling abilities. I can't wait to see the ESPN Marathon. Uh, Hopefully that they do put out one day of all your stories just right in a row. Um, Get the Kleenex box ready for that. You will be missed, but just reminds you to always kind of remember and appreciate the good stuff when you have it because college game day is never going to be the same without him. It's still going to be a great show. I'm still going to watch it every Saturday, but it's not going to be the same without him cutting in here and there and giving us those great stories that we come to know. But all right, that's a wrap for Fast X, the first show of the year. Expect a new pod coming out on Wednesday morning or Wednesday mid-afternoon, whenever it drops. Uh, and thanks along for listening. Hopefully this was something that you appreciated. And let me know if this is a style that you like, if you want longer pods, or if you even want a shorter pod. Or maybe you don't want pods from me at all. Let us know in the comments on SoundCloud or wherever you listen or on Twitter. That's where I'm going to most likely see it. So thanks for listening. And a little lesson to Dabo Sweeney and to me. Shut the hell up. Thanks for listening. Where did these niggas be at when they say they doing all this and all that? Tired of beefing you bums, you can't even pay me enough to react. Been waking up in the crib and sometimes I don't even know where I'm at. Please don't pay that nigga songs in this party, I can't even listen to that. Anytime that I run into somebody, it must be a victory lap, Hey, Shawty come sit on my lap, Hey, They saying Drizzy just snap. This in between us is not like a store, this isn't a closable gap, Hey. I see some niggas attack, and don't end up making it back. I know that they at the crib going crazy down bad. What they had didn't last, damn baby. Sometimes we laugh and sometimes we cry, but I guess you know now. Baby, I took a half and she took the whole thing, slow down. Baby, we took a trip, now we on your block and it's like a ghost town. Baby, where did these niggas be at when they say they doing all this and all that? I'm in the trenches, relax. Can you not pet that little boy in the club? Cause we do not listen to rest. We in Atlanta, I buy her wig. She telling me Tay is the best. Point at the nigga who act like a killer, but you only one from the net. I'm like the baby, I'm not just a rapper. You play with me, you won't get stretched. And the money's hard to make So I bet they on their face right now The f*** off the block, wrong with you? I know that they at the crib Going crazy down bad What they had didn't last Damn, baby Sometimes we laugh and sometimes we cry But I guess you know now Baby I took a half and she took the whole thing Slow down Baby We took a trip, now we on your block And it's like a ghost town Baby Where did these niggas be at When they said they doing all this and all that When he tell the story, that's not how it went No, they be lying a hundred percent Moved out of the wrist and forgot about it being Now they just call me to tell me come get it Now that boy off and I don't want no credit If it was me, they wouldn't regret it Still beating, my niggas still eating. Back y'all, they look like the garden eating. Pillow talk with him, she's spilling the tea. And then Shawty came back and said she didn't mean it. It's hard to believe it. I know that they at the crib, going crazy down bad. What they had didn't last, damn baby. Sometimes we laugh, sometimes we cry, but I guess you know now. What are you doing? What? What?
Yo, you straight? Yeah, I'm good. No, I'm good. Dog, I'm we good. literally on there like me, Odell. Is, we got. Oh, I was, I was, no, I just, I just, it's just been, a, it's been a long fight. It's been a long fight, and I just had to have a warrior spirit, and that's all. So I'm just. Don't start, don't start that. No, I'm good. I'm just regrouping. I'm just regrouping. You, sh you sure? You got a tissue? No, no. Why would? Okay. Yo, it's good, bro. Okay. Let's get the. Baby. I took a half and she took the whole thing and slowed down Baby We took a trip, now we on your block and it's like a ghost town Baby Where these niggas be at when they say they doing all this and all that 